0: a podcast series taking a deeper look into entertainment and media. Your hosts, Joseph and Michelle Whalen, a husband and wife team of pop culture fanatics, are exploring all things from music and movies to television and fandom.
1: Welcome to Insights into Entertainment. This is episode 93, Thoughts, Souls, and Sorcerers. I'm your host, Joseph Whalen, and my talented and inspirational co-host, Michelle Whalen.
0: Hi everyone.
1: How are you doing today, dear?
0: I'm doing okay. How are you?
1: I'm doing all right. We had quite the hiatus from podcasting for the last few weeks. We sure did. Uh, did a lot of work in here. Yep. Did ripped, a lot of uh, <laughs> ripped everything out and put it all yep. back in.
0: <laughs> and everything seems to be working, fingers, which is uh, Fingers
1: crossed and knocking on wood,
0: you know. We did some work, you know, in the, around the house as well. Yep. You know, a couple of remodeling-y, redecorating, you know, things. And, you know, still a little work to, to do, but.
1: Very, very productive use of our downtime. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so we are back after the first of the uh, year now in the, in the new year. Thankfully, 2020 is behind us. Thank goodness. Um, this Actually, our third season will, will kick off in February, right. I believe. Mm-hmm. That's our that's our official season break. But, right. Uh, moving forward here, we're keeping the same format. And uh, mm-hmm. we got new headsets, new mics, Ooh. new uh, uh, positionings for the mics. We've rearranged the studio a bit here. We have our monitors up on swing arms now, so it looks a little nicer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Makes it
0: easier when the studio transforms into my office. (laughs) Yeah,
1: office, yeah. We also replaced the computer that does all all the heavy lifting for us here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Much more robust system there. So hopefully a lot of the glitches and screen issues and sound issues that we were experiencing uh, before the new year, has uh, we've managed to arrest all those and we're good to go moving forward. Mm Mm-hmm. So this week we do have we're kind of easing into things. We, right. there was a lot of stuff that went on. Uh, we're not going to play catch up on on any of that entertainment news. Uh, so we're uh, we are going to take a look at a couple of different things here. Uh, in our Disney detective, we're going to take a look at our thoughts on Soul, the mm-hmm. new movie, Pixar movie that came out. We watched right. that. We have uh, yet one more thing that we're losing, and in, in is this. Disney World and Disneyland Just Disney World they Just were the only Disney ones World. that actually so had it. So we're losing a little bit more magic from Disney World, mm-hmm. which is kind of sad. Yeah. Then we'll move on to our Disney Detective where we will give star sorry, tales from tale, tales from the edge, edge of, of the galaxy. galaxy. See, New Year, I, same club.
0: I, I, I didn't, and this is my fault. I didn't give you your little notes that I normally yeah, do. Yeah, you so. usually give
1: me a summary here. So to make it
0: a yeah, so it's all my fault. So,
1: so in our tales from the edge of the galaxy, we will recap the f- uh, Mandalorian finale, right? Which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And in relation to that, a little bit of uh, Mandalorian news from between- A little bit of love
0: going back and forth between- Yeah, uh, and
1: well-deserved, too. Yeah. Absolutely Mm -hmm. well-deserved. Then in our entertainment news, we will talk about Wonder Woman 84. Mm Mm-hmm. Then we'll talk about Hamilton and their eligibility for rewards before we finish up with our insightful picks of the week. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get into all that stuff, I would invite folks to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can get the audio versions of the podcast if you look for insights into entertainment. Video versions of the podcast and all of our network podcasts are actually listed as insights into things. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Amazon, and Pandora. That was the other one. Hmm. I didn't get that one into the note chat. Oh, well. Next time, um, yeah, we've been saying that for I think four podcasts now. <laughs> uh, we would also invite folks to reach out to us, give us your feedback, tell us what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, what you'd like us to talk about, would you like us not to talk about? <laughs> uh, you can email us at comments at insights dot We're on Twitter at insights into things. You can hit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash insights into things podcast. Or get links to all that and so much more on our website at www.insightsintothings.com. Are we ready? Let's do it. Let's dive right in. Go for Disney Detective.
0: wanted to just keep singing um so again kind of changing it up a little bit um you know this week again lots of stories came out with different things that were going on in the parks and and whatnot um so we you know i i figured we'd kind of change it up um so first we can talk about um one of the things that that just came out that'll be going away at uh, the Magic Kingdom, and that is the little scavenger hunt game. Wait,
1: wait we're not going to talk about Soul? You want to talk about Soul first? Well, that's the first in the list. Okay,
0: I'm sorry. You're throwing
1: me off script Well, because
0: you, like, whatever. So let's talk about Soul. <laughs> um, so Soul was um, the Pixar movie that was supposed to be released into the theaters for uh, 2021, and obviously with everything going on with the pandemic that was one of the movies that uh disney had decided that on christmas they were going to release it on disney plus it wasn't going to be a premium subscription needed like it was with uh mulan so it was available on christmas we didn't watch it actually until last week we kind of took our time because we were doing other things we weren't in a a big rush um we kind of did it Actually, during the middle of the week, which we normally don't watch uh, movies together as a family, you know, during the week. But it was we were kind of having a little bit of a rough week and we decided, you know, what? let's let's watch this and and hope it's it's a good movie. And we we all enjoyed it. Uh, it was very enjoyable. Probably not. So it's funny because when I had. um posted on Facebook that we had watched it, a friend of mine from high school had asked um, if she, if we thought her three-year-old daughter would have liked it. And I said she probably wouldn't have understood a lot of the, the plot, but she probably would have enjoyed the music, uh, definitely would have enjoyed the one character, the cat. yeah. Um, you know, so it's definitely in terms of, you know, the Pixar movies, it's definitely a much more, more mature, mature yeah, yeah. uh movie, you know, so like your teenage. And it was kind of a
1: more refined plot than you normally get yes, to yes. Than the, the simplistic black and white.
0: Right. I I definitely think it was more, you know, your teenage.
1: Absolutely. and
0: and above and and definitely more adulty yeah. than um you And know. and what
1: I thought was interesting about it was given the circumstances of 2020, mm-hmm. it had a very poignant meaning yes. and a very poignant focus to appreciate the things that you do have by the end of the movie.
0: Yes, and yeah, you know, and and that was definitely the the big focus of it. And I think also the fact that, um, you know, a, a, another theme to it was, you know, don't try to go for that big thing enjoy the little things you right. know don't
1: th- don't miss out on the little things that right that really are what make life right worthwhile. exactly
0: don't you know if if that big thing you know and and you know the big thing happens you might be disappointed because it wasn't everything you wanted it to be so you should really I- yeah, enjoy it was, the, the
1: message was, was really kind of you know life is a sum of all the parts mm-hmm. not one particular aspect right. of right Right. And there's so many things on a day to day basis that we we probably tend to overlook. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and this was a nice little nudge to to kind of focus on on everything that happens. You know, Mm -hmm. Maddie and I did our podcast this morning, and, and a lot of it was, you know, we had talked about Christmas and presents. Right. And she had made the comment of, well, I didn't get a lot of big presents. So I got a lot of little presents. Mm-hmm. But a lot of those little presents mean a lot to
0: me. Right. Like she was more excited about the little <laughs> magic eight ball yeah. than you know, than the robot, you yeah. know, the the little, you know, couple of dollar trinkety thing. And it almost <laughs> reminds me of the, the year aquarium. when the little yeah. two dollar aquarium that I had gotten her, which was this little tiny thing you put water in and the little fish yeah. expand. And that for for like a year was like her favorite toy, and it didn't yeah. do anything. It was just you know, and and it, it and I think you know, listening to you guys doing the podcast and her, you know, mentioning the magic eight ball as being like like that, that's, was, that yeah. was the highlight. And that was the highlight. And
1: and I- you know what? I'll be honest <laughs> with you. For me, it it left me with a lot of pride knowing yes. that she appreciates the little things, not just. As far as presence, but right. the little things in life, right? You know, the quality family time we mm-hmm. have together, the, the yeah. movie time that you and her have when you mm-hmm. sit down and watch TV.
0: Like she, she gets she, ups, she got, she was upset because I was late the one night right. because we were watching some, we started watching something later right. than our normal right. whatever, and I wasn't ready right at eight o'clock and. She she was right. kind of well, upset. Well, and even like
1: we had stopped doing the podcast for a couple of weeks because right. we had everything ripped apart. Right, and she missed having those discussions. Yeah, yeah. So, and and that's really what the message of the movie is: mm-hmm. it's appreciate yes. those things because, Absolutely. especially nowadays, you know, mm-hmm. those things can be taken away from you when you least expect. Exactly. It. So, you know, I I've, I've heard a lot of people criticize the movie. Uh, I heard one person. um who really didn't like the movie? Describe it as listening to that snowman from Frozen for the entire movie, <laughs> um, and it wasn't that bad. Yeah, was, I don't. There were slow parts. There were there right. were some I don't know predictable parts mm-hmm. to it, but I think overall it was it was what we needed when we got mm-hmm. it. Yeah, so it was it was very good timing. For yeah, yeah. So I would highly recommend it mm-hmm. if you haven't watched it. Yet. Yeah. So now we can talk about something that disney's taking away.
0: Sure. So news just came out uh the this week um that another disney magic uh opportunity is going to be going away. Um so according to a cast member who um a couple of people had spoken with Um, that is uh, located at the Firehouse, which is inside the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World, Uh, they had mentioned that the Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom game would be coming to an end on January 24th. Um, So Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom is essentially a scavenger hunt game where participating guests could search for 20 magic portals throughout the park and then battle with Disney villains such as Cruella, Scar, Jafar, are Maleficent, Ursula, uh, Radcliffe, and Dr. Facilier. Um, No news as to if something is going to be replacing it or not. Um, Obviously, they've been trying to kind of push people uh, to the Disney Park app, and then there's even a Disney Play app, where while you're waiting in line, you can play uh, different games and, and whatnot. Um so this is, you know, kind of s- sad to see it go. It it's been around. I I can't even remember for for how long, but what was nice about it was one it was free and not a lot of stuff in Disney is is free. Um it's also kind of one of those hidden gems. Not that many people knew about it. They or a lot of people knew about it, but they didn't over um advertise, I guess, that they had it. So when you would first go into the park, uh, they'd have the, the firehouse where they'd have like a little sign and every day a new pack of cards would come out. So anybody that was local, they were going in and getting cards all the time. Uh, the other thing that was nice was when they would have special events. So when they would have the Christmas party or... Uh, the Halloween party, there would be a special set of cards that came out that you could only get if you were going to those parties. So that was kind of a neat thing. Um, And when you would get these cards, that was part of um, when you would go and play. Again, it was a scavenger hunt, so there were different parts of the park uh, that had these little portals, and you'd have to hold up the card, and there was some sort of technology between what you were playing and the card to uh, determine whether or not you beat uh, the the villain or not, and then if you did, it would tell you, okay, now you have to go to this part of the park. So it was a nice little add-on for people that had probably, you know, if you were, again, a local, or if you were somebody that had gone to the park many times. Um, So I think that was maybe the thing, you know, for the person that only goes like once in a lifetime, you probably, you know, weren't gonna play. Um, They used to have something In Epcot, that was kind of the same thing. They had a Kim Possible uh, scavenger hunt where you needed to borrow their equipment uh, in order to to play it, and they had phased that out uh, a couple of years back. Um, So again, it'll be interesting to see if they kind of bring something back into play, you know, instead of that where you're using your own phone and you don't have to, you know, get a card or or something from, from them,
1: so... We'll see. So, so what was the reasoning they gave for this? There there was no. Because I can't imagine that it has anything to do with health issues with COVID. Right. There can't, like, you know, you might have a couple of staff dedicated to manning the place where you pick up the car. Right, because other than that. There's a lot of overhead associated right, with it. Right, you figure
0: there's usually one or two cast members in there. You know, maybe just the cost of printing out. The cards or maybe the fact that they're printing out the cards they have to hand out a card maybe you know that's the covid
1: okay i could i could (sighs) see that maybe maybe. i I don't know you know
0: real all the articles you know there were a couple of different and they were all from fan-based um
1: see we were talking earlier, and and this kind of strikes me as sort of when they shut down vmk right where you know they've got the architecture already in place they've got all the stuff in place for mm-hmm. this to run, right? So they're already invested in it, right? So I can't imagine it's a cost savings
0: unless they're just going to revamp it, where again, instead of using a card, you're going to use your phone. Right. Maybe you have to bring up like a, maybe QR, code a QR
1: code or a Bluetooth scans. low energy or something like that. Right. So, so
0: maybe you know.
1: But we'll they decide. haven't mentioned anything about bringing a replacement. Mm-hmm. No, they? nothing yet. Okay. All right. Well. Well, it is what it is, I guess, mm-hmm, right? Yep. Uh, that was all we had for mm-hmm. Disney Detective. We're yep. going to take a quick break and we'll be back with our Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. For over seven years, the Second Sith Empire has been the premier community guild in the online game Star Wars The Old Republic with hundreds of friendly and helpful active members, a weekly schedule of nightly events, annual guild meet and greets, and an active community both on the web and on Discord. The Second Sith Empire is more than your typical gaming group, we're family. Join us on the Star Forge server for nightly events, such as operations, flashpoints, World Boss Hunts, Star Wars Trivia, Guild Lottery, and much more. Visit us on the web today at www.thesecondsithempire.com. Go for Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy. Pew, pew,
0: pew, pew. So, our thoughts on the season finale of Mandalorian.
1: Yes. Do we have thoughts? I think we have lots of thoughts. Did we watch it? We sure did. And we're assuming everyone out there has watched it. If
0: by now you have not watched it, shame on you. (laughs) Yeah. You're a disappointment. No. Um, Don't listen, Um, but... If, you know, if you didn't watch it by now, you've probably already had spoilers um, uh, about it. And it was, I personally hadn't read anything about it. I know you did. So you knew what was going to happen because you hate being surprised where I, on the other hand, I hate knowing because then I'm waiting and anticipating for said thing to happen. Um it, it was looking kind of bleak. It was looking kind of dark as the episode started and how are they going to get out of this? And all of a sudden, you see an X-Wing fly by.
1: Yes. You and do. you're like,
0: "Oh my God.
1: Well, and the thing is when they kind of played that up, because right. you've seen X wing show up several right. times in the series. Right. This so season. it could
0: be just any so, X Wing.
1: You know, you're kind of led to believe that it's these two guys that have been flying around and policing the galaxy maybe. Right.
0: But you're hoping
1: And then the way that they and, and that's that was really the great thing, is that right. the way that they played it up mm-hmm. was that our you know, the heroes had stormed the bridge. Right. So they took over the bridge. Right. And they were in trouble because these dark troopers were all about the storm the bridge and kill everybody and they couldn't right, stop them. Right. So you see this arrival unf- uh, uh, unfurl on mm-hmm. various monitors. Right. And you're seeing glimpses of security right. cameras here right, and there. You right. see the ship show up. You see the person walking, and then all of a sudden. You see a lightsaber come out, and it's not in color. Right. It's black and white on these screens. Right. So you see a hooded figure with a lightsaber. And that's so at that point in time you could almost assume, oh, Ahsoka's back, right?
0: Right. You knew it had to be some sort of Jedi.
1: But it was one lightsaber this time. Right. So everyone, you know. And everyone grabs their their edge of their seat here and are wondering what it is. Right. And as the battle goes, this person's slicing these guys up, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then it cuts to a scene in a cargo hold Mm -hmm. that's a live scene at this point. It's not a security camera. Right, right. And you see the color of the saber. And more importantly for me, you see the hilt. And the hilt is instantly recognizable to me. Mm -hmm. Because I own several of them. (laughs) And... You know at that point, even though the hood is still up and you don't see a face, Mm -hmm. you know who it is. Right. And from then on, the scene unfurls live. You don't see too many of the security cameras. Right, right. So well done the way they did that. Mm -hmm. It was literally the Darth Vader scene, the hallway scene of Darth Vader from Rogue One. Mm -hmm. Where you got to see how badass Darth Vader was. Right. You got to see how badass this person was. Right. And they're slicing, they're throwing, they're pushing, they're they're crushing. Like force choking. It, blah, was,
0: blah, blah, blah. it
1: was awesome. Right. And they cut through all the bad guys. They show up on the bridge. They pull their cloak back. And you and see everybody it screams. Is <laughs> a young version of Luke Skywalker.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. um, this is five years after Return of the Jedi. Right. So they had to digitally de-age Mark Hamill. Right. And they bring Mark Hamill back in to play the the voice part.
0: Right. He did the voice part, but they used a different actor for the the body and then de-aged his face and you know. Correct. Yeah.
1: So well done. Yeah. Um and you have a couple touching moments on the on the bridge there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you have uh, you know, Luke is there to take Grogu, baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. And Grogu doesn't want to go. Right. Because he doesn't want to leave Mando. Right. And Mando's in there in his, his gear. He's got his helmet and everything on. And Grogu wants to see his face before he goes. Right. And you, he takes the helmet off. Right. You know, which is at that point in time, not as shocking as it had been.
0: Right. Because we've, you know, just in a couple episodes back when right. you know he was on the the base you know to blend in with all the others he had to take his right. helmet off and you but know But you have
1: this very touching scene. It was very this touching. father son scene mm-hmm. here that they have. Yeah. Um and this is shortly after you know Moff Gideon tries to kill mm-hmm. baby Yoda and he you know Mando dives in front of right the child and and saves him from the the blaster bolts. Right. Um, and then you get one last cameo. Right. And who's the last cameo you get?
0: That was, um, R2D2. Oh, right. I, I forgot. Yeah. We, we were, yeah. yeah. R2-D2, so
1: R2D2 follows him around and shows up and you yeah. get a little cameo of R2 there. And
0: that went, oh.
1: right. And at that point yeah. in time, everybody's in, in everybody's tears.
0: Everybody's in tears.
1: <laughs> um, so well done. Yeah. Um, and you couldn't have asked for a better... I don't know where they're going to go from here, because... Right. You can't... But I said the same thing after the finale the last one. Mm-hmm. Where do you go after that right. first season finale? Right. Exactly. Um, Very satisfied by it. hmm And then we got a we got A, cut a teaser, right. Yeah, we got a cut scene, a post-credit cut scene... Yeah. ...of a Boba Fett mm-hmm. who takes over the crime syndicate on Tatooine, apparently. hmm And he's getting his own show. Yeah. Apparently, everyone gets their own show in Star Wars now. Right. Um,
0: Everybody gets a
1: spin-off. <laughs> which, honestly, is kind of terrifying, because I really think mm. they're, they're very Saturating much in danger again. of oversaturating the market again. You would have thought they would have learned the first time at the movies.
0: Hmm. Well, I mean. and the other thing, too, is that the people that are doing the shows are different from the people that are doing the movies. And...
1: Well, and that's the thing. If you put Favreau and Filoni in charge of running the franchise, uh, they'll, they've they resurrected it so far oh, with absolutely, absolutely. Mean, everything that should be done right, they've done.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which completely is counterintuitive to everything they did with the sequel movies, mm-hmm. which yeah. should literally just be thrown out right now mm-hmm. and let Favreau and Filoni redo the sequel trilogies.
0: That wouldn't be a bad idea. And I'm sure they've probably thought about
1: it. Have people that love it do it.
0: And and that's the thing, because that was the other thing that we ended up watching was they did. So when the first season had finished, they had done an eight part documentary on the season. Um, What they did this time around was they just did a one hour special, you know, condensed version of it with again behind the scenes stuff and, and things like that. And again, just seeing the two of them talk about it, they are just as, you know, in love with Star Wars as, as all of the fans. They are fans and they know how to to treat it. And it's, you see it's one that. of
1: those things that when I sit down with my Star Wars fans and we geek out over mm-hmm. it it's the same exact discussion mm-hmm. that they have on the set of the shows right. every day. And
0: the the other thing that was really funny too was the one director, um, you know, when he was putting together his ideas for, you know, he he got his Star Wars figures out and was playing in the backyard with his kids right. to help act out, you yeah, know, he was, how do, he, he wanted was using
1: the, his figures to the, do the action sequences. to do
0: the scene, you know. Okay, that. Yeah. you get my respect, yeah. you know.
1: You, you win right there. You win. You should get, there should be an Academy Award just for authenticity. Right,
0: exactly, exactly. So, so
1: very satisfied, mm-hmm. um, very disappointed that we have to wait until, what, December of next year now.
0: Yeah, because I believe the Boba Fett story is actually supposed to come out first yeah, and then we'll get a third season of, of Mandalorian. So. Yeah. so
1: I don't want to wait that long because it's so good but I want to wait that long so they do it right.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. So,
1: anyway that's our thoughts on the Mandalorian mm-hmm. and the next article that we have actually is related to that as well. Why don't right. You tell us about so
0: that? the article uh, talks about how Mark Hamill was actually left speech at Blah blah, 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 blah blah was left speechless by uh miggno ways comments uh on Twitter so they kind of were going back and forth so obviously um as we've mentioned Mark Hamill was part of um the Mandalorian this you know the the season finale uh, obviously he's you know a Star Wars legend um, so what was kind of nice was you know they were tweeting you know some love back and forth Um, so, you know, Mark Hamill had basically said, uh, hashtag no no words. Seeing fans' reactions to Luke's return is something I will cherish forever. Their anticipation of seeing the X-wing in episode six, then a robe, a lightsaber, a green lightsaber, a gloved hand, an ungloved hand, a force choke, R2 D2 was just overwhelming, very moving to me. And then uh, Minya had. Responded saying, you and Luke have uh, been immensely inspirational and, pack- and impactful to my childhood and as an adult. And to have shared a scene with you in The Mandalorian is truly one of the biggest highlight, not just in my career, but in my life. Thank you. Smiley face with a heart uh with heart shaped red eyes. Uh, your fan always Minya. And then Mark wrote back, you know, so, you know, he said, so this happened and I'm literally speechless other than to say the pleasure was all mine. Uh, you're not so bad yourself. Hashtag you're not so bad yourself. Um, and then she actually uh, had talked about how you know it was kind of like nerd nirvana adding that it was way cooler than the time that she met uh aerosmith steven tyler and spilled red wine on her arm and he wiped it off with a cocktail napkin so that ranked up you know higher uh, uh. (laughs) so it's mark hamill then steven tyler spilling wine on her
1: well you know Um, the one thing i have to say is It's nice to see not only this love from the actors themselves, Mm -hmm. but the love from the fans Mm -hmm. for this for this work. Absolutely. Seeing what happened after some of these other after Phantom Menace and Mm -hmm. what happened to Ahmed Best and right, you know what happened to Kelly Tran after. Last Jedi, right? You know, seeing that kind of toxic stuff come mm-hmm. up from the fans really is very disappointing. Mm-hmm. But this show itself has drawn people in. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a I have one of my employees down in uh, Maryland who uh, watches it with his son, mm-hmm. and he he said he gets angry at his son because his son watches it without him. He he's so <laughs> into it. Um, so and <laughs> it's funny. it's it's sort of that that bonding stuff mm-hmm. and it's, it pulls people in. It's mm-hmm. people that weren't even Star Wars fans True. are watching this and yeah. loving it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and that tells you something right there. It tells you that they're doing everything right.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Um,
1: so it's it's a it's a wonderful thing to see that kind mm-hmm. of enthusiasm. Yeah.
0: Out there.
1: So that was all we had for our tales from the edge of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. We'll be back after a quick break with our entertainment news of the week.
0: Insights into Teens, a podcast series exploring the issues and challenges of today's youth. Talking to real teens about real teen problems. Explore issues from braces to puberty, social anxiety to financial responsibility. Each week, we talk about the topics concerning today's youth. We look at how the issues affect teens, how to cope with these issues, and how parents, friends, and loved ones can help teens handle these challenges. Check out our video episodes on youtube.com backslash Things. Catch our audio versions on podcast.insightsintoteens.com or on the web at insightsintothings.com.
1: Go for entertainment news. So let's talk about that jumbled mess that was... Wonder Woman 1984.
0: So this was one that I was excited to watch. We had been, you know, waiting for it. It was supposed to come out during the summer. Then it got pushed back and, you know, got moved around. And then we were excited to hear that not only was it going to be released in theaters, but... HBO Max was going to uh, be offering it, so we signed up for it. So we were ready. So Christmas Day, after we did all our presents and had breakfast, it was time to go watch Wonder Woman. Yay! That's
1: that's two and a half hours of my life. I would have liked to have gotten back.
0: Yeah,
1: it was, and I was eagerly anticipating yeah, it too. Yeah, and it was, and. Absolute disappointment. I mean, I love the first one. Mm-hmm. It was so well yeah. done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one was I'm still puzzled as to why it was set in 1984, other than for the the novelty of it. Right. The plot had nothing to do with the timeline. Right. The effects that we saw in there. Like, first of all, it was too much digital digital effects over the top. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Her magic lasso can do literally anything. Right. It's it's such an uber plot twist. She was swinging off of lightning bolts.
0: You're still hung up on that. (laughs) She lassoed
1: an airplane at thirty thousand feet until she learned how to fly on her own just from encouragement. Right. From Steve Trevor, who shouldn't have come back but managed to be reincarnated, reincreated somehow in somebody else's. It was just. It was all over the place, and it was just, it was a mess. It was, I mean, I can't describe it any other way than it was just a mess. Uh, And I'm still uh, confused as to who the villain was, because by the end of the movie, the villain was someone you were supposed to have sympathy for. Right. Both of the villains were.
0: Right, right.
1: And it just it made no sense whatsoever watching it right it was like 15 different concepts all crammed into a blender turned on shredded up and then poured out on the screen
0: right and and you know the one thing that kind of came to my mind was the campiness of the original 1970s uh TV version of Wonder Woman and in some ways, I was getting that feel that they were maybe trying to do a little of that. But again, it you know, like there were parts of the movie that I liked. There were you know, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool, and you know, and and then you know, like the the whole opening scene was really kind of cool, right? But then it was like,
1: well, and that was the problem with the opening scene. It was twenty minutes right. of an opening it was scene that
0: they never to teach
1: you not to cheat. Right, that was literally all you got right. out of it. That. that
0: was the whole thing. I kept expecting something bigger, right. to come. Where it was just like, okay, like, you you spent all that time. It
1: was it was twenty minutes of don't take a shortcut. Right, and it was like at the end of the movie, you're like, why was that even in there?
0: Right, I, you know, you probably could have done a two minute. Yeah. You could have done a training scene.
1: montage and gotten away with it.
0: Right. And you know, and and then again the whole okay, why was it set in the eighties? OK, maybe you didn't want to set it in, you know, the 2000s or whatever, because then you're getting that mesh of the Justice League I'm and everybody sure else. I'm sure they
1: set it in the 80s just so they could do a joke on fanny packs when they were doing the fashion show with Trevor.
0: Maybe. You that know. was
1: literally the only thing. Right. That-
0: like I could have seen like the 70s, you know, maybe like the 60s would have been, you know, uh, and maybe the 80s because of the whole, um, uh, the, the the Ponzi scheme and, sure. and things like that, because that was really when that whole thing started to take off and, you know uh, you know, Wall Street and greed is good. And, you know, so I could kind of see... It was
1: the reasoning was flimsy at best.
0: Right. And that's what I'm saying, because, again, there was nothing else to, you know, obviously you needed to see that she doesn't age... It was, what, the 1940s, the last time well, we...
1: earlier than that, because it was 19... World War oh,
0: World War. So, okay, so it was, you know...
1: 1917,
0: 1918. Okay, so the 1920s-ish, we'll say, Um, you know, and she's basically been able to, you know, do all these things and, and kind of uh, keep herself hidden for the most part. Okay, so again, why 1984? Besides that... And then you know she kind of keeps herself hidden when she's fighting you know bad guys in the mall because she's making sure to take out
1: take cameras. The cameras out right.
0: But yet then there's other things where you know now you're in the White House. Well, and, <laughs> and that was
1: the other scene. Like you're in the White <clears throat> House, you 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 have a fight with a another superpowered bad guy in the White right, House. Right. You beat the crap out of a whole bunch of Secret Service guys. Right. And then you walk out of the White House?
0: And nobody... And
1: nobody stops you. Nobody asks you anything. I mean... Right. Like, it it just... It made no sense. Yeah. And the worst part about this whole thing had nothing to do with this movie, really. It was the fact that (coughs) Disney announced they were giving Patty Jenkins a Star Wars movie.
0: But, you know, there's a (sighs) lot that goes into... You know, it's it's not always the director. It's not, you know, it's the script. She it's was the, the director,
1: di- and she was the executive producer on this. And she co-wrote the script. Um, so she had complete involvement in this okay, from day well, one.
0: Uh,
1: and that scares me. Yeah, well. So, I mean, yeah, not all sequels are good. In fact, most sequels usually tend to suck.
0: Right. You know, and and there but was
1: this was just not even worth and, the and fifteen that was the... bucks we spent to get well, HBO. Well, and Max. In a
0: way, thank God it was only fifteen bucks and not forty five for us. That's the to... saving grace of this
1: movie is that <laughs> we, I only lost fifteen dollars <laughs> watching it. Fifteen dollars in two and a half hours.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, and that's and that's
1: it's pretty bad when the movie is so bad we pause it in the middle for a bathroom break.
0: Or what? My one friend from from work, he actually fast forwarded he said yeah. he he got to point a point now he never saw the first one and so, that's a shame
1: because f- and that's probably good and because and, now you can go watch the first one right and, realize and go oh my god terrible. this is so much better yeah. right
0: exactly so he was telling me when we were talking about it how he just sat there and probably fast forward through almost an hour of stuff and would kind of wait till he saw like a fight scene and then.
1: She did a Mr. Miyagi and rubbed her hands together to make the plane invisible. That's how she got an invisible jet. That It's just, it, like... Well,
0: and did we ever know, like, in th- how, like, we always knew she had an invisible jet. She didn't but get it from never... rubbing
1: her hands together. I but can tell you that right now.
0: Like, I don't know. What was the origin of, of her having a, you know, maybe this was.
1: She didn't rub her hands together to make the jet invisible, nor did she swing off of lightning bolt. That's physically <laughs> impossible physically impossible.
0: Wait, hold on. Wait a second. Superheroes. Hello.
1: Look, I'll I'll stretch the imagination for superpowers <laughs> if you want to give me some I kind of that supernatural.
0: That's totally lightning
1: impossible. Bolts.
0: None of this is impossible. Had
1: she hit the lightning bolt with the lasso, it would have <laughs> turned it into dust, okay? I love how that's your it's just, it really, it's a, that's how ludicrous, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what, that's what, what you're pushed up me on. over the edge, oh was swinging <laughs> off of lightning bolts. I, I just... Okay, I mean, sure. And that's prior to her learning to fly just by getting encouragement from a pilot. Right. So anybody can fly.
0: Right, you just have to be encouraged to right. do it.
1: You just have to have that's a silly. pilot tell you to ride the air. <sighs> She doesn't have any superpowers that lets her fly. It's just happy thoughts. She doesn't even have like pixie dust. I was just okay. Say
0: she can't sprinkle with pixie.
1: Just happy thoughts. She can fly. All right, blood pressure's too high. Let's move on here. Let's talk about. Hamilton and the fact that they're definitely not getting an Oscar.
0: Yeah, so it seems that it's official that Disney Plus's Hamilton won't be eligible for Oscars despite potentially being up for other awards. So the musical obviously has had dominated Broadway ever since it premiered in 2015, but obviously with everything that's been going on, theater has been, you know, virtually non-existent. But audience audiences did get to uh, witness Hamilton over the summer. Um, Disney was originally planning to release the filmed version of Hamilton in the theater sometime in the fall of 2021, but obviously when the pandemic hit and you know there wasn't much entertainment out there, Disney had changed uh, their mind and uh, this past July made it available on Disney Plus and also with that they ended up getting a heck of a lot more subscribers uh, to Disney Plus uh, as well because of that. So obviously, all of this kind of had people wondering if Hamilton would now be eligible for an Oscar. And that was something that kind of went back and forth. And, you know, we've talked about Oscar contenders before and what the stipulations are and that... Um, you know, Netflix had a couple of show, uh, movies that were able to be eligible for Oscar because they had, uh, first premiered in the certain theaters, uh, within Los Angeles County and things like that. But then they kind of changed the rules because they talked about, um, how because of theaters being closed... They were going to allow certain movies that were going to be streamed to be eligible. But it seems after kind of going back and forth, because this is actually a filmed version of a live show, I think that's where the technicality kind of, uh, that's where the, the Oscar... Um, a committee has has basically come in and said that it wouldn't be eligible. But the other thing that um, seems to be coming out is that it will be able to uh, be up for a Golden Globe and also SAG Awards uh, as well. So it's still a contender uh, for some sort of awards, but obviously not for um, the Oscars, which, you know, I guess it's not... Horrible. Um, well,
1: and I got to tell you, I'm not I'm not surprised at this decision, given right. the other shenanigans of of right. various entities, Martin Scorsese being one of them, mm-hmm. and Steven Spielberg being another one mm-hmm. of them, trying to restrict what movies can be uh, nominated for Oscars for whatever reason. Like, I I still don't understand why they're so against giving the just rewards to such creative geniuses.
0: Well, and that's the thing is they were both on opposite sides where Steven Spielberg was it needs to be a film and not on streaming where Martin Scorsese The Irishman which was his which was primarily Netflix that was you know he was okay with it right. going so they were kind right. of on on either so why you of the... would want
1: to deny it is beyond me right especially this show itself it wasn't just somebody set up a couple of cameras mm-hmm. in the audience and filmed a stage show right this movie that was shown on disney plus mm-hmm. was a stage show come to life on film mm-hmm. they had special camera angles special techniques they had multiple filming days, they did it with and without an audience. Mm -hmm. It was a major production to do, Mm -hmm. to present it in a way that you could never see it in the theater. Right. That alone should qualify it Mm -hmm. for these awards. Yeah. But you have, you know, these ridiculously (laughs) over-controlling people who don't want to accept that. Yeah. So, and it's, you know, it's one thing if you've got your own movie up and it's competing against it and you want to Right, sort of salt the deck so that you win. Right. Um, <coughs> I don't know. I, I don't get it. If it's if it's if it meets the qualifications. Right.
0: Exactly. It, it should, should be eligible. Exactly. So mm-hmm.
1: why wouldn't you want to encourage more creative mm-hmm. development like that?
0: Right. Right.
1: Anyway, so that was all we had for our entertainment mm-hmm. news this week. We'll be right back with our. Uh, with what our cre- uh, insightful creative, picks, right? Our creative <laughs> picks now. Our insightful <laughs> picks of the week.
0: Those things we do.
1: <laughs> we'll be right back. Go for your insightful pick.
0: So my insightful pick uh, is a show that uh, started streaming on Christmas Day um, on Netflix, and it is called Bridgerton. Um, it is a mer- It is a, a period drama uh, series um, that is actually based off of a set of novels by Julia Quinn Um, and the books came out, I want to say in the nineties, I think I, uh, different people, I I never read the books, but I know uh, different people, different friends of mine who have read the books and they were very excited uh, to see the show come out. And then people that have now uh, finished watching the show that want to go back and uh, read the the set of books. Um, So the drama actually centers around the Bridgerton family um, where uh, Violet is the mother, she is a widow, and she has four sons and four daughters, and also kind of a competing family uh, in town, uh, the Featheringtons. And the uh, story basically takes place in the competitive world of Regent, uh, Regency London, uh, High Society's town, during the season where debutantes are presented at court and Basically, you get to see, you know, how it all, um, you know, kind of works its way out. Um, the interesting thing about it is when you start watching it, you, you know, it kind of has that look of, you know, a, a you know, a typical British period drama, you know, with the fancy people with their clothes and, you know, and the dapper gentlemen strolling, and then all of a sudden you realize it's a little bit different because the one prosperous gentleman that's walking down the street happens to be black and he's courting a white woman and nobody is making any qualms about it. It's just a normal thing. Um, It kind of reminds me there was... I think it was only one season, um, and I don't even remember how many years ago, um, but they had kind of done a reboot of Romeo and Juliet, um, where they had kind of done, it was still kind of set in that same time period, but the cast was multicultural. Um, so you had, you know, black, white, African, uh, um, uh, black, white, uh, Asian, um, you know, and, and, um, Latino basically playing, you know, all different characters. And the family was like a mix, you know, each family was kind of mixed. And this is kind of the, um, a little bit of, of that vibe to it is that there's no color, you know, everybody is just a human being in, in some respects. Um, so if you like that, that period drama, um, it's a very romantic. Um, there's some scandal going on, there's some mystery. Uh, the other little uh, undertone of the show is that there's um, a newsletter, I guess, that kinda comes out once a week. And nobody knows who writes it, and it's kind of like the gossip column of of the day, and everybody, you know, is trying to figure out who is the the author of this and and what uh, what not to it. So that kind of adds to it, and you kind of see the you know all the eligible women vying for you know the best suitor, and and what it really means to them to. Uh, you know, to marry and, you know, move on to the next stage, you know, of their life. So really well done. And even the music, too, like when they're going to balls, it's, you know, it's that classical music. But every now and then you kind of listen and you realize it's a modern pop song, but they're doing it in classical music. So it kind of sets it. So it kind of reminds me of A Knight's Tale when they do different dance routines, but yet they're playing a modern song you know, in a classical way. So very well cool. done.
1: Cool, good pick. Thank you. So my pick this week is uh, along the lines of back to status as usual, is a documentary called Flying Through Time. This is actually an old one that I, I kind of stumbled upon on Amazon Prime. This was made back in 2004. Uh, it was a single season, but they did a Herculean effort with 27 episodes in a single season. You know, it's back in the old days when you got more than five episodes of something per season. Mm-hmm. Um, so flying through time, with flying through time, you can discover the excitement of flying as we re- uh, revel, uh, reveal the most remarkable aircraft ever built and the aeronautical achievements that shaped aviation history. Audiences will be fascinated with educational portraits on the history of airships, warplanes, and luxury jetliners. Flying through time is this wonderful series all about airplanes. And what I thought was interesting about it, first of all, it's kind of quaint uh, to watch it and see some of the uh, uh, effects, visual effects that they do, because it's a, it's a, you could tell it's a low-budget production. Okay, but. It's incredibly informative. It's what what they're lacking in visual effects and production value, they more than make up for in historical and factual information. Okay. And it's one of these shows that they don't just showcase military aircraft or commercial. It's everything, and it's not just aircraft. So from episode to episode, you'll get aircraft carriers and airplanes associated with them, and then you'll get – specific aircraft, like the F-14 uh, Tomcat, you'll get giant aircraft. Uh, there's a two-part episode about the Boeing company and its contributions to aviation. There's an episode on vertical takeoff vehicles. There's the P-38 Lightning. There's the Century Fighters that came out in you know, the, the 100 series of fighters that came out in the 50s and 60s. Then you have a, a history of commercial aviation. It's They don't limit themselves in the scope, and it's literally the most comprehensive history of flying that I've ever seen hmm. as far as engineering and the technology behind it and the evolution of the airplane. Um, and every episode seems to be slightly different than the other in the way they present it. So it's a very well-produced uh, and documented um, program one of the one of the better flying ones that I've seen I'm I'm probably two-thirds of the way through it now and I, it's one of those ones that I when I put it on I can't help it but wanting to watch the next episode and binging the whole thing I'll watch four or five episodes at a shot so flying through time uh, streaming now on Amazon Prime and we'll be right back So that was all we had for today, which Mm -hmm. was a lot more than I thought we had. See? Well, it's amazing when you ask me to give my opinion on a movie that's really bad. (laughs) Uh, Somehow I just can't help myself.
0: Nope. But that's okay. That's Um, what it's all about.
1: Exactly. So before we go, I do want to encourage folks, once again, to subscribe to the podcast. You can find the audio versions as insights into entertainment. The video versions are insights into things. Uh, Currently available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Castro, and pretty much anywhere you can get podcasts. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before we go, I would once again also invite folks to reach out to us, give us your feedback. You can email us at comments at insightsintothings.com
0: you can find us on twitter at insights underscore things
1: we stream six days a week on twitch at twitch.tv slash insights into things
0: on facebook at facebook.com backslash insights into things
1: podcast we are on Instagram, where at some point in time we'll post something else. It's been a while since we. I posted,
0: posted something today. Oh, did you? Yeah, oh, saying that good. hey, we're back in the studio. So. Oh,
1: awesome! So you can find <laughs> us on Instagram at Insights Into Things.
0: Uh, the audio version of all of our podcasts are at podcast.insightsintoentertainment.com.
1: You can get high-res versions of our videos on YouTube at youtube.com slash insights into things.
0: And if you missed any of those and you only can remember one website, the one that has links to everything and anything, would be our main website is insightsintothings.com.
1: And I don't know how I could forget any of that stuff because I say it 12 times <laughs> during the show. Uh, but that is it for this week. Mm-hmm. Another one in the books.
0: Have a good week, everyone.
1: Take care. back.